Hello and welcome one and all to the second episode of the Stick and Puck podcast. We're so uh, grateful to have you guys back. If you're back, uh, me and Jack, you know, we're just chilling here. And Jack, your, your Bruins lost last night. Kind of yeah, tough giving up seven good... goals to the Senators. Yeah, the touchdown and the extra point. Um, I I get it was on the second half of a back-to-back. I get we had three wins coming in. I get we scored five goals. I get it was on the road. But still, like you can't give up seven goals. And I know Ottawa's improved. They're an improved hockey team, and they've got something to prove this year with all the players coming in, with Giroux coming in, Dabrinka coming in. But you still can't let in seven goals because it's just the inconsistency which really bugs me, how we come from playing a very good hockey team in Florida, Bryson Trophy winners last year, playing pretty dominant, winning comfortably, and then go into Ottawa the next night and let up seven goals and lose. That's what concerns me. Yeah. I mean, I I didn't watch the game. I was busy watching uh, uh, playoff baseball. But, yeah, I mean, looking at your schedule right here, like you guys have literally like not played anybody good besides the Panthers. And the Panthers are kind of – I mean, the Panthers, they've – They've they've played three games so far, one of them being you guys, and the other two games they played, Islanders and Sabres. So I I don't know how how good of a litmus test that actually is for the Panthers, but seven to five to the Senators is not good. <laughs> giving up seven goals to the Senators is not good. Uh, was that your backup in that last night? It was Swayman in backup. It's it's the traditional Bruins one A one B situation. So mm-hmm. it. You can't really use a goaltender excuse in that scenario either. Right, 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 right. Well, uh, we talked about your favorite team, so uh, <laughs> let's talk about my favorite team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, two, oh, and one. Way better than I thought thought we were going to be. I thought we were going to get that win against Arizona. Didn't think we were going to be as dominant as we were in that win, you know, scoring six goals, Crosby getting the first goal of the season. Very good. And then the Lightning, we also put up a sixth spot against the Lightning. Another thing that I found surprising. And uh, we pissed away a win against Montreal. You know, we had a 2-0, we had a 2-0 lead, completely winnable game. Uh, and I just feel bad for DeSmith because he was the only person who really showed up to that game besides Malkin, mm-hmm. who scored two goals. And uh, Petrie just decided to be a double agent in overtime, gift his former team a uh, – a penal, a power play in, in overtime and just a really good goal that was scored by Montreal in overtime is very frustrating. Yeah, very power, frustrating. power plays in overtime are just super costly because it's four on three, so more room on the ice. You only have three penalty killers that you have to move around. And yeah, I I don't really like I I get it. Like if they have to be called, call it. Like if it's like egregious, but a majority of the times I don't like penalties being called in, in overtime. It just ruins the integrity of overtime, especially with it being three on three. Yeah. I don't know. And then uh, if you want to talk about uh, some other teams, uh, the Maple Leafs, in my opinion, they look laughably bad despite uh, their only issue uh, that I saw coming in the goaltending. I mean, the only issue that I saw coming into the season was goaltending. And that's been, a pretty glaring problem. Yeah, especially with Matt Murray being hurt. Yeah, on the long term, IR. Yeah. 
that they the problem is with that review in the Arizona game, and we'll talk more about that, but I just want to talk about the Arizona game generally for a second. I mm-hmm. don't feel like the Maple Leafs have the right to say we should have won that game because but we got screwed because of a review. Like they right. they didn't right. show up against the worst team in the league, most likely. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think they have the right to say that they got jobbed by the refs because they never should have been in that position in the first place. And I just I go more into into detail a little bit a little bit later when we get further down and talking about that game. But you know, they lost to the worst place they wa- they lost to the worst team in the league in a year they're actively tanking, in a year that they're actively assembling probably one of the worst lineups that I've ever seen. Uh in my entire life. And they let Nick Ritchie score the first goal. So that's even more embarrassing. And, uh, and they also lost to Montreal opening night. Yeah. And they lost to Montreal opening night, uh, Matt Murray and net and welcome to the Matt Murray experience. He uh, allows three out of four goals glove side. And then he gets hurt long-term with a, with a lower body injury. And that's just, that's literally just what Matt Murray has been for five seasons now. He had like I don't know what happened between 2017 and now, but he has not been that that same goalie. And I've never seen I've never seen a goalie have as glaring as a flaw as Matt Murray does. Like I've never seen a goalie have that big of a weakness. Yeah, he's he is not good. I. I... I don't know what makes you say, hey, we have a goaltender problem we need to fix. Let's go get a goaltender from Ottawa, first of all. Yeah. Second yeah, of all, you, you, this goaltender. Right, yeah, but you, I think, I think like, what the Maple Leafs probably had in mind is, oh, we, we get him and then we can, we can, sp- we can you know, re- revitalize his career and we can bring back that, that 2016, 2017 Murray that, that we saw and – I just I just don't know if it's a if it's a goaltending coaching issue or if it's just something he simply can't do because the only issue that he has is his glove side. He's a pretty solid goaltender. You know, but I just don't get it. I don't understand why why no one can fix that. But you know, I thought I thought they might get worse with having to play Sorokin for a long stretch, but he looked better than Murray in my opinion, and he he did get that win against um, the Capitals, right? That's who they played the second game of the season. He did he did get that, yeah, he did get that win against the Capitals the second game of the season. And you know, speaking of the Capitals, um, they look. <laughs> They look mediocre, I guess. I mean, they're injured to hell and back. I, another one of their guys just got hurt. Uh, Brown, I think, he just got put on long-term injured reserve. But I thought the Bruins looked sharp in the opener versus the Caps. And uh, what do you think? You watched the game. I mean, I yeah, I thought, I thought Boston looked very good in that game. And, I mean, they, again, you can't really judge opening night. You can judge the first four games. I mean, right. they've, beat, they've beaten who they were supposed to beat, Vancouver and Montreal. They've lost to who they were supposed to lose to, Boston and Toronto. So right. they are in. They have a ton of injuries. Baxter out, Kuznetsov now out, Tom yeah, Wilson. That was, a, 
that was a brutal uh that was a brutal play by uh Kuznetsov that that attempted decapitation yes uh, that high stick yeah that's I don't know that I'm surprised he only got a game for that he's lucky he only got a game for that because that was that was clear as all get out that it was intentional but Coming back to just the Capitals as a team, I think it's crazy that they haven't been able to find like solid goaltending since letting go of Holpe. I feel like Kemper mm. has just been meh. I mean, he's allowed nine goals through three games. Like, it's not terrible, but it's not really one you want to see. Like, especially like just because the Capitals have always had goaltending woes and like their defense is meh. Like, you kind of want a solid goaltender, and they really haven't had a solid goalkeeper since. Holby, but that's I mean, me. yeah, and I mean, when you think you get the goaltender from the Stanley Cup winner, you would think you would have a good goaltender. But I mean, Kemper, yeah, Kemper wasn't even that special when he was with Colorado in that Stanley Cup run. Yeah, 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 for sure. He was good yeah, enough no, to get I, it I, done with all the offense from McKinnon and the good play from Carr, but he wasn't. He didn't go. Yeah, steal. He, he wasn't the goalie like who went went steal stole a game for you. Right. Yeah. But you know, uh, honestly, I feel I feel like the Caps have been playing to like how I thought they were going to play at the beginning of the season. I mean, last episode I did say I thought like October, November was going to be, you know, the testy the testy months for them. Mm-hmm. But if they can get out of there with with a somewhat even record intact, once Wilson gets off long term and once Action gets off long term, they can definitely hit the ground running. Yeah. One other team I wanted to talk about is Vancouver. Um, so they ha- in they've played four games so far. They had two goal leads right. in all four games, right. and they currently right. have one point from those four games. Yeah, they broke yeah, the record in the third team. game. Yeah, I mean, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. I don't get how you've had how you've had multi goal leads in every game that you played, and you just blow them. And especially because, like, you haven't played stellar opponents. You played the Oilers. Uh, the Flyers, who, despite being good, uh, I don't think they're going to keep this pace up. The, the Capitals and and the Blue Jackets and the Blue Jackets, I think, are is the big is the biggest like red flag. You blew a multi goal lead to the to the Blue Jackets, a team that's not great at at all. They have got Johnny Goudreau and stares into empty space, pretty much. Yeah, I mean. The Blue Jackets are the Blue Jackets are weird because I definitely like the Blue Jackets are bad, and then I signed Goudreau, and then everyone was like, "Oh, they're they're back." But the the Blue Jackets definitely weren't a Johnny Goudreau away from being uh, <laughs> yeah. contenders. You you like look they at weren't a Johnny Goudreau like, away from being playoffs, yeah. Yeah, and you're like Voracek, I guess. And then Linus hurt. Jenner. I think. Yeah, Linus hurt. So then Boom Jenner. Right. Yeah. Is Linus in three long term? Um, I'm not sure. I'm gonna look. Yeah, because if that's if I mean if Linus injuries long term, then he's expected Blue to Jackets miss. Just, yeah, he's expected to miss three to four weeks. Okay, that's. I mean, that's not bad. That's. Yeah, that's not bad. But still, I I, I don't get it because like the Blue Jackets like. Gaudreau's good, and then mine is good, and then, and then they're meh because the rest of their roster is bad, and then their their goalkeeper is is Mars Leakins, I think. Who like who even is that? Who yeah. even is that guy? <laughs> um, that was that game against Vancouver was Columbus's first one of the year. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, I don't get. I mean, 
Like, is Vancouver just bad? Like, I didn't think – like, I thought Vancouver was, like – I thought Vancouver was a little bit on, on like, the upswing. Like, I thought – I thought they were coming so back, too. but I guess – I don't know. I mean, they have a lot of young guns, and they're kind of exciting to watch, but, oh, my God, that's – could you imagine being four and zero if you didn't blow any of those leads? It's just it's it's embarrassing. Yeah. And then um, speaking of embarrassing, uh, let's go into the uh, Toronto uh, Arizona game. And before I share my thoughts, I want to hear your thoughts. If you so, there's a tweet from Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet and Hockey Night Canada. He posted the explanation from the Situation Room in Toronto, right. and I'm just gonna read it because I know. Maybe people didn't see the play, didn't watch the game. So the situation room determined that Morgan Riley batted the puck with his hand inside the attacking zone before teammate Mitch Marner subsequently gained possession and control. According to Rule 79.1, a player may bat the puck in the air with his open hand unless, in the opinion of on-ice officials, he has directed the puck to a teammate either directly or deflected off any player or official. In this case, it was deemed that Marner was the first player to gain possession and control of the puck after Riley batted it with his hand. So, by the exact written definition of the rule, Morgan Riley batted the puck with his hand, it took 73 deflections, and then Mitch Marner got the puck. So, by the letter of this rule, that should be a hand pass and should be overturned. However, if you bat the puck down and play continues for the next, what was it? A solid five ten seconds. Yeah, it was it was like fifteen yeah. seconds. And then and then Marty gets the puck, passes it, and then you go score. That shouldn't be overturned, I think. Right. Um, yeah, I, I'm on the same I'm in the same camp as you by the letter. By the letter of the law, I think it's I think it's a hand pass, but just just to set it up, the the the, the leaves were down two to three with 30-ish seconds left in the third period uh, in a situation they never should have been in. They shouldn't have been losing to the worst team, you know, ever assembled in all of hockey. In the Arizona in the, let's Coyotes. say in the salary cap era. In the salary cap era. Okay. And they shouldn't have been in that situation. And what happens is the puck comes down. And who, who was the player that batted it? Um, Riley batted it. Marner was the first Morgan one Riley. I watched I, – I mean, I, I didn't watch the game, uh, but – I watched the I watched the hand pass. Obviously, Morgan Riley's hand. He it's not an, like he doesn't actively bat it. He just he puts his hand out. He puts his hand out, and the and the puck the puck hits his hits hand. off his hand. Yeah, and and hits off his. I don't think he goes he goes out. He doesn't go to intentionally bat it. I think he just puts his hand out to to block it, like because he was trying to keep it in the zone. And the Arizona Coyotes player also slashes him in the hand. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. It takes a bunch of redirects, like you said, and it falls down and uh, Marner touches it and they score. But I don't think I don't think the hand pass directly caused the goal. Mm-hmm. I think the Coyotes being unable to get the puck out of the zone and being able being unable to defend caused yeah. the goal. That yeah, because when you're the worst team in hockey right now, it you have difficulty getting the puck out of the zone sometimes. Right, and again, I don't know how the I don't know how the stoppage came about. Did he just did he did the did the Coyotes coach review the Coyotes coach challenge? Is that what he did? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think we should be able to review missed stoppages of plays because at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to a judgment call. 
Like, I get it in theory. It makes sense, like, to avoid a blatantly obvious uh, call. Like, um, in the playoff series, the Sharks playoff series, where the guy picks up the puck, closes it, rolls it, and the Sharks were able to score in overtime to win that game. And I get that's why you implement that rule. You you implement that rule to avoid the obvious. But if it's obvious, it should be caught because it just it just turns into abuse at that point because the coaches are just the coaches are just reviewing it reviewing plays for like judgment calls. I mean, let me. I mean, what what are your thoughts? On I that? mean, I somewhat get it in an offside with an odd man rush going into the zone where you immediately score on the rush. That is pretty much the only situation where I'd be okay with reviewing for a missed stoppage. Yeah. Um, I think goaltender interference review. On yeah, paper, goaltender interference is also brutal. Yeah, on paper, it's a good idea. In practice, it's just become that if your pinky finger m- – touches the goalie, then it's goaltender interference. There was one of those in the Boston-Ottawa game that actually went Boston's way that I don't think should have. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, like, at a certain point, you have to wonder, like, where the line actually is. Because I feel like most of the most of the reviews that I've seen on goaltender interference or offsides, it's been the – it's been – especially with offsides, like, the majority of the time, it's like, let's say – the majority of times I've seen it when I watch the Penguins game, it's the Penguins come into the zone and they they hold it they hold it the puck in the zone and they have a nice you know offensive possession and then they score but they keep the puck in for a minute thirty and then <laughs> and then John Tortorella of the Flyers is like, oh well the entry was offsides so let's go back and delete this whole minute and thirty section that just happened and erase that. Because the entry was offside, I just think I just think that shouldn't happen. Because mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know where the line is. Like if if I score a goal, if I score a goal, if my team scores a goal, like can I go back and challenge an offside that was missed ten minutes later that affected the play? Like it's just it's just not smart. And even can I, I challenge an offside that my team committed because then your team got the puck went the other way and scored. Yeah, I just don't. I mean, there probably is a line, but I, I just haven't seen it. And and the NHL like knows, like they know that it's stupid. They know that challenging offsides is dumb because the first year it was implemented, you could challenge at will, and now you can challenge an offsides. But if you get the offsides challenge wrong, then it's a two minute delay a game penalty, and that's the NHL being like, yeah, this rule's dumb, but you, we can't really get rid of it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, if it's a rush into the zone that was offside and you immediately score on the rush, then maybe I'm okay with it. In that specific scenario where being offside directly led to you having the opportunity to have a rush and score. Yeah, like, listen, I'm fine. I'm fine with challenging offsides because sometimes refs meet refs miss completely, completely uh, just blatant offsides. And they'll miss they'll miss blatant stuff sometimes, but the majority of the times that these challenges are are being challenged, it's just ticky tack, and they're normally just like judgment calls that that even the refs like on the ice wouldn't have made at the time, and 
I bet I bet they went to Toronto and in the, in the Toronto game and they, they you know they called Toronto, which is where the video reviews were, and they were like, you know what's <laughs> what is this call? And the people in Toronto were like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess yeah. by the, like, love, the letter of the the law, it's a hit pass. I love how the ref specifically said the situation room determined that <laughs> specifically yeah. to make it so that it wasn't his fault. And you could get out of that, yeah. you know, live. Yeah, and then another thing, like conclusive evidence. Like you found conclusive evidence that, like, I feel like there should be like a conclusive, like a conclusive evidence type thing, in stoppage of plays because you really found, you really found conclusive evidence that that's a hand pass. You really think Morgan Rally intentionally passed it to Martyr. Like, I, I, I don't get it, and it's just. I mean, I'll draw I'll draw a different comparison. It's just like, you know, challenging pass interference in football. I mean, you remember that one season that one where year. you could challenge? There was one season. I forget what season it was. It had to have been – was it was it the season before the pandemic season? I think it was, yeah, 2019. Because it was after okay. the Rams-Saints game. Right. Where right. the Rams and guy it, just it makes blatantly sense. took somebody out. Yeah. Yeah, it makes, it makes sense. You know, the, the NFL is like – okay, we should make pass interference challengeable because there's no way the ref should have missed that blatant pass interference in the Saints-Rams game. And that, that costed the Saints the, the Super Bowl, basically, or an appearance in the Super Bowl. And and then the NFL started to realize when they implemented the challenging pass interference rule that it was dumb because it just turned into ticky-tack, ticky-tack, you know, reviews and nine times out of 10, the call on the field would stand. Mm-hmm. I would, I never saw, I never saw in that entire season <laughs> a pass interference get over a pass interference call being overturned or a pass interference call being put in place. And that's why the NFL got rid of it. And that's why I think the NHL should get rid of stoppage of play, um, you know, challenges. Right. But, but we like can- we said, and the, like we said in the beginning, Toronto fans will use this as an excuse to why they lost the game. They'll say the refs jobbed us, but in reality, they should have never been in that position in the first place. Just like it's like Steve Dangle said, if you cannot show up to a game in the middle of a homestand against the worst team in the league, then you should not be playing hockey for a living. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you show up in the opening shift and then you lay a big fat goose egg the rest of the night in in, in your home arena. It's it's crazy. Yeah, pe- people paid to see that. Yeah, it's embarrassing. So, um, I decided we needed a fun segment. So I came no. up with some "Would you rather" questions. Okay. So the first one is kind of a hypothetical. If you're if you were an NHL player, so right. would you rather play in like a strong hockey market with like passionate fans? I'm thinking here: Toronto, Edmonton, Boston, Pittsburgh. Or would you rather play in like Florida, Vegas, Arizona, where no one gives a shit about hockey, but you have nice weather? So uh, me personally, I would rather play in a hockey market because I feel like in a in good weather markets, at least uh, most of the time, the fandom, especially when the team's good, it seems manufactured. Mm-hmm. They seem uh, fair weather. Uh, Florida, Vegas, Anaheim, all those places that you mentioned 
uh, on the on the on the notes that that you made. Um, you know, if the team's bad, they have other things to pay attention to. You know, in Florida, Florida has the the Tampa Bay Rays. They have the Miami Heat. They have all these other teams that they can go spend their money on that are that are better. And um, uh, if if the team didn't miraculous wait, I, I'm, I mean, I mean, yeah, like they have other money. Like they have other things they can spend money on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you because I I mean I'd rather show up to a rig every night and have 20,000 people who are season ticket holders who even if the team is god awful will still be there. Like I don't know if you watched this, but the um it was a Boston Montreal game in April in Montreal when Montreal was had like already clinched last place. But it was it was the game after it was the first home game after Guy Lafleur had passed away. Yeah, and they sold out the rink, and it was pretty much crazy all night. That doesn't happen in Arizona. I mean, granted, Arizona will probably sell it out because they're playing in a college rink, but mm-hmm. that they wouldn't have that sort of passion there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And like all these other like good weather, but like Vegas is a good market, but I feel like the majority of the fans are either like tourists or they're watching their, like the away team play, or they wouldn't have been fans if the team didn't like miraculously play well. Like I feel like if Vegas was just like trash, like everyone yeah. predicted they would be like, no one would care. Or like Seattle. And then, was. Like Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Year. Like Seattle, Seattle, like, they 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 barely like they kind of draw a crowd because because they're new but like they're really bad and then Anaheim for Christ's sake it's Los Angeles they have so many other things to watch and care about besides the Ducks who aren't good despite being on the up and up like could you imagine if if Zegris was in a market like Calgary or Edmonton we'd probably see and hear from him on like a daily basis like or if the, he was in NHL. Chicago yeah like like if he was in a good sports like hockey market the NHL would post. All, all this stuff about him. Like, look at the, the look at these highlight goals that Zegers is putting up, and people would definitely like know who he was. Like, a lot of people, a lot of people like who aren't hardcore NHL fans don't really know who, who Zegers is. And so, the long or the short of it, it would probably be sweet. It would be sweeter to win in a good hockey market, but but harder mm-hmm. to lose. Like, if you lost, and if you consistently lost, like the media would yeah. be like harping on you. The Toronto, like, Toronto, Toronto. Toronto, the Toronto media sucks. The Toronto media is is the worst of Toronto, but they're very they're very passionate about about the Leafs and mm-hmm. Boston uh, media is almost another, as bad, but not quite. Yeah, and you know I'd rather play in a good in a in a good hockey market because there's places in the NHL that that's all they care about because that's the only thing they got: Calgary, Edmonton. That's the only thing they got. They only got the Flames. They only got the Oilers. Well, they got Canadian Football League, but who who cares about <laughs> Who cares? Really? Yeah. yeah. So the next question is, would you rather have on your team Matt Kachuk or John or Huberdeau? I know that this was the big trade of the offseason. Kachuk going to Florida, Huberdeau going to Calgary. So I'm no, not talk, but... taking into account, like, age and the fact that you signed an eight-year contract extension just right now which player would you rather have on your team okay so my notes uh did take age into account and i said 
I would say, despite Huberto being older, I would still rather have Huberto on my team because in 10 seasons, he's got 673 goals, which is pretty impressive. And he's got nearly 500 more goals than Tuchuk. And Tuchuk's played three less seasons than him. He has 500 more goals than Kachuk. And Kachuk has played three less seasons than him, which is crazy. And then their courses are about the same. Tuchuk having the edge by 3%. And then Huberto also has just more experience. And they're about dead even minus, minus goals. But Huberto takes the edge because of goals, essentially, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. For me, and maybe this comes as a Boston fan who has Brad Marchand on his team, I like having the player who can go get in a fight, rile up the team, get in the other team's head. I think that on raw ability, they're roughly the same right now. Right. I think that Chuck had a 104-point season last year. Like, that's nothing to scoff at, especially if you're still playing in the style of I'm going to get at the other team, I'm going to make hits, I'm going to – get in their face. And yeah, because he's not on my team, he's a whiny little bitch and I hate him. But if he was on my team, he'd probably be my favorite player. I'd probably own his sweater. So for that reason, if I was a coach, I'd want Kachuk in my locker room every practice, every game. I'd want him on my bench riling me up. I'd want him on the ice going at the other team. So for that intangible benefit, I'd probably go with Kachuk. Right. And I just want to speak speak to that uh you said feistiness you said all of that it's another i think yeah sure i think huberto gives you that passion in in other ways but i think i think it's it's a safer bet to have huberto on your team huberto hasn't been suspended that's chuck a good point so chuck has been suspended three times that's a very good point so chuck has been suspended three times i think huberto is the safer bet uh Safer bet, uh, more goals. Uh, he's older. That just means that's just veteran presence. That is mm-hmm. veteran locker room presence. Uh, a GM's favorite, favorite, favorite uh, two words: veteran, veteran presence. presence. Yes. Um, I mean, I get it, but he. I mean, he played a full eighty-two last year. Right. I. I get the risk for suspensions. I actually he played a full 82 last year. He played a full 56 the year before that in the COVID year. He played 69 games the year before that. And Calgary's full schedule was 70. So we missed one game. So over the past three three years, he's missed only one game. So I mean, while it is a risk, the suspension thing. I, I'd still take that sort of tenacity from him, even if it comes with that risk. But right, I get that. Yeah. So the next question is: Would you rather be in the Atlantic or the Metro? Like, I know you've bragged on the Western Conference, and you'd mm-hmm. always rather your team in the Western Conference, even if you have to travel to the West Coast every night, just from a competitive standpoint. But out of the two divisions in the East, which do you think is the easier one to play in? Um, so you're probably going to be mad at me, but <laughs> I would rather play in the Atlantic because as a team, it's it's less competitive 
in that division, in my opinion. You got the Bruins, you got the Maple Leafs, you got the Lightning. They're all pretty much guaranteed um, a playoff spot. Uh, it's just all about order and all that fun stuff. And other teams are just a mishmash of like mediocrity and bad. The Red Wings are mediocre, but they're on an upward trend. You know, they haven't always been mediocre. Hmm. They've been bad. And then they were really good before they were bad. Uh, the Sabres are god-awful. The Sabres haven't been relevant since the early 2000s. Um, yep. The Senators have also been awful since 2017 when uh, Pittsburgh Penguins legend Chris Kunitz single-handedly killed that franchise uh, with his game-winning goal in Game 7, uh, double overtime of the ECF. And uh, could you imagine how – could you imagine how different – like how different the Eastern Conference would be if the Senators like go on and like make a cup appearance that that season that that would have been yeah, crazy. Exactly. But like in the Atlantic, the Canadians are also the Canadians are also not a threat. You know they're they're kind of mid, in my opinion. Uh, they had a fluke Stanley Cup run, so I'm not considering them as good at all, even with that Stanley Cup run in mind. And uh, in the Metro, it's just. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned Florida. Florida also has themselves guaranteed a spot. Pretty much, it's just all about seating. And then, in the Metro, it's a, it's just a dogfight. Every every year, there's about you know two two teams that like inch away from the other two, and and it's just always the Metro is just always a dogfight. It's always competitive. Like you look at the Metro, and and every team is like, even if you're down in last place, you you're still like four or three or five games out of the fourth place spot. And I feel like that's never, I feel like that's never like a thing in the Atlantic. And yeah, the top teams too are always one to three games of each other. I mean, I remember the COVID year, the the Penguins were, were one point, were one point away from not having to play in the play. And like, it's just, it's just crazy. And I think the competition and the teams are better mm-hmm. in the Metro or, Historic, historically, they've been better. Yeah. So I'm actually going to agree with you on this one. So I think if you take right now, if you take Boston, Toronto, Tampa, and Florida out of the Atlantic, then out of the Metro, you take Carolina, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, and Washington. That's pretty much a wash for me, those four and those four. Now, out of the other eight teams, which are the eight teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, I right. think that the worst two teams out of them are Montreal and Buffalo. Yes. Yes. So the, the definitely, I agree with that. I even say maybe the third worst is Ottawa. Yeah. So when you have the three worst teams in your division, I think it makes it pretty simple. You're at the be in that division. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely agree with that because, because yeah, the, the Islanders, the Islanders were bad last season. I think that's an outlier season. They had at the beginning of the season. They had so many players out with COVID. Um, the the Devils. I think the Devils are the only the Devils are the only team in our division that's just outright horrible, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like that's the only team that I'm just like, yeah, you guys could be on the same playing field as let's say a Buffalo Sabers, but you're definitely miles above the Sabers as a team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I feel like Columbus is just a few pieces away from being yeah. in that conversation yeah. for the top teams. Yeah, I definitely don't think Columbus is 
I don't think Columbus is a bad team. I genuinely do not believe that there are that there are horrible teams in the Metro. I think they're all fairly good minus the Devils. I think mm-hmm. the Devils are I think the Devils are miles better than the Sabres, but they're definitely like the who I would consider awful in our division. Mm-hmm. Like but if you again yeah. Again, like I think like they are bad, but I think there are a couple there are a couple pieces away from being bad to being mediocre. And I also think um their head coach, uh Ruff, is is not a good head coach. Yeah. Like like I was talking about Columbus, if you take their roster, put it in Kansas City and call them a Western Conference team, I think they're in contention for a playoffs one immediately. I know we don't like the Western Conference here, but <laughs> I think if you, I don't think they're a bad the hockey West, team. Yeah, I mean the Western Conference, and that's another thing. That's another thing why I think the Metro is better uh, than the Atlantic. And this is this is just purely based on what you just brought up, which is the Western Conference. You you pull any team in the Metro and plop them in a Western Conference. They're making the they're making the wild card at least. If I maybe other than if New I Jersey. took out besides New Jersey, if I took out a fringe playoff team in the Metro, let's say I took out a Columbus, I took out a New York Islanders, maybe, and I threw them in. Oh, if I threw them in the Western Conference, they're they're making they're making the fourth spot in their division. I'm sorry. Because how many how many points would Arizona have in the Metro? <laughs> Oh, let's see. They let's do it. To, let's do it the other way. Oh, how many points? If you take, if you, I mean, I mean, it's just the Coyotes. The Coyotes are just bad. If you throw them in the Atlantic, they're bad. You throw them in the Metro, they're bad. You, oh, but they're they're for sure way worse if you throw them in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Like they, historically bad if you throw them in the Eastern Conference, having to play. Yeah, yeah, having to play the. The Penguins, yeah, you throw them in the Metro and they have to play the Penguins, the Capitals. Oh my God, it'd be so bad. But again, throwing them in the Atlantic, having to having to play the Bruins, having to play the Maple Leafs. I mean, maybe not the Maple Leafs. Maybe they have the Maple Leafs number, but yeah, they you know. they haven't lost in regulation in Toronto since two thousand two. Yeah. yeah, I did see that. They're like keeping the streak alive. We beat you guys. <laughs> Gotten a point in every meeting since two thousand two, which is embarrassing. That's really embarrassing because the Coyotes have been very bad, yet uh, they own the city of Toronto, I guess. Funny thing is, that's a longer streak. That's like the one longer streak for Toronto since the streak that they've won a playoff series. <laughs> it's just, oh, Toronto, man. I feel so bad for those fans. I See, I almost feel bad, but then I remember I'm a Boston fan. I don't understand. Like, what's 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 what the Boston hate towards Toronto? You 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 beat them in the playoff series, isn't that enough? You you beat them in that one playoff series where they blew a three goal lead or whatever it was. Yeah, and then we played them in eighteen and one in seven. Then we played them in nineteen and we won in seven again. Yeah, I mean, I get the Leafs. I get I get the Leafs hating Bruins fans. I don't get it. I don't get the <laughs> other way around because. It's it's the same thing. It's the same thing with me. I don't hate the Capitals because we've historically dominated the Capitals in the playoffs. 
but I, I would see, I understand why Capitals fans hate us. Mm-hmm. But like, so what fit? What fit? Do you still hate the Flyers? Because yeah, they're the I hate Flyers. Philadelphia. I hate the Philadelphia, but Philadelphia has, Philadelphia has, you know, that that rivalry has been less one sided than the Caps Penguins rivalry, in my opinion. Because I hate the Flyers because in the 2010s, in the 2010s, the Flyers had had our number in the playoffs. So there we've we've I think we played them in two two playoff series in the 2000 in the early 2010s, and they beat us both times. And it was just brutal because it was just me watching me going sitting down on the couch with my dad to watch the Penguins play the Flyers and then like an afternoon game. And then Flurry gives up eight goals and then there's three line brawls. And I'm just sitting there like, okay, cool. Like, like line brawls. Let's have a 45 minute line brawl when we're down by three goals. Like, <laughs> like just get like, just get on and disappoint me already. Like, especially I forget. There was one, there was one year where the final game of the series was in Pittsburgh. And there was a line brawl with like 20 seconds left in the game, and we were losing like six to two. I was like, I just want to get the disappointment over with. I don't need a line brawl. You don't need a. You don't need a. Like it's just dumb because like okay, don't show up to the game, but have a line brawl, Penguins. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I don't. Oh God, you're you're rehashing old wounds with bringing up the Flyers. Oh my God, Flurry was so. Flurry was so awful in those series. Oh my God. And I mean, where has so, this been like? Yeah, for for rivalries in Boston with the Bruins. I mean, we hate Montreal because they're Montreal, and like, the, there's nothing you really need to say there. We, I mostly hate Toronto because I find it, I take joy in their pain. I don't know why. Yeah, that's brutal. It is. So um, we have one more. Would you rather and. It's would you rather because I know the shootout is one of the most controversial things in hockey. So right. would would you rather keep the shootout or if overtime still ends tied, just have it end at a tie? So I'd rather just have ties in regular season. Um it used to be like that. Um you know, shootout seems like a skills competition mm-hmm. and you know, just like the amount who, who whoever wins is basically like who who guesses better who guesses correctly yeah um and i mean basically it, it just it just narrows down to how good the goalie and net is and then the amount of pure goal scorers that you have in your lineup mm-hmm. it seems unfair and there are definitely goalies that are worse in the shootout than others like when the penguins get into a shootout i know we've lost that game because Jari and DeSmith are both not good at the shootout at all. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, our top three shootout guys are not good. Crosby, Crosby, I Crosby can't score in the shootout. Latang is a shootout guy, which has never made sense to me because I, I can't remember the last time Latang has, you know, been great in the shootout. And then I think I think Gensel's the other guy. But I think the rule should go um I think the rules should change. I think it should be two points for a regular season win, not in overtime, regulation, and then one point for an OT win, and then no points for a loss or a tie in overtime. Because then there's no incentive to play for overtime, 
and games that are tied would still be played aggressively down to the final whistle. I don't think uh, hockey purists would like it, but it would definitely avoid games going into overtime. Yeah, so you're essentially going from an overtime game being worth more points to an overtime game being worth less points. Because right now an overtime game is two and one. Yes. I don't think that the loser should get a point in overtime. Oh, absolutely. And then I don't I don't think the loser should get a point just for getting into overtime. And I don't think that the winner should get a full two points for getting the game in overtime. What would you think about three points for a regulation win, two for an overtime win, one for an overtime loss, and none for losing a regulation? Mm. Yeah, no, that doesn't seem just, right either. I like, I like, I like, I like, I like how I have it set up: two points for a regulation win, no points for a regulation loss, one point for an overtime win, no points for a loss, and no mm-hmm. points for ties. Yeah. No points for ties. <laughs> Which I guess is I guess it's kind of brutal. No points for a tie. But it's just to decentivize people player both teams playing for a tie. And mm-hmm. yeah. that in the system that I have set up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I do not like the shootout either. And this is coming from a team that's actually usually pretty good at the shootout. Mm-hmm. Like first it was mainly Tuka Rask who was just good at the shootout. Like, I have no idea right. why. And then Jake DeBrusque always scores in the shootout for some reason. I'm just sitting here being like, why didn't you play like that for the past 65 minutes? Even though he's, he's yeah. actually started out pretty well this year, but that's yeah. not my point. Yeah, I, I despise the shootout, especially, especially when we play in our division. Like, if we go into a shootout with the Rangers, I know we've lost that game. If we go in the shootout with the Islanders, I know we've lost that game. It's just, it's just insane because I I, I don't know. It just and like it, I I never feel happy about a shootout win either. Like I'm never like, yay hey shootout win, let's go. Like I'll, I'll feel happy about an overtime win. I won't be happy about an overtime win if we blew a lead. But if we came back and we get a win in overtime, I, I'm happy about it. But a, a shootout win just it's it's less exciting than a yeah than a regulation or overtime win. Yeah. So that kind of does it for Would You Rather. Um, so the next thing we have is sort of the biggest surprises. I know we're only a week into the season, but there are still some teams that are doing very well that we normally wouldn't have expected, like. Your favorite coach, John Tortorella, and the Philadelphia Flyers. Mm. <laughs> you you did the rant last week. You can do it again if you like. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't like Tortorella. Um, I saw after the podcast, you know, after that, you know, after everything I said, the Flyers were like, "Oh yeah, we want to be competitive." I was like, "God damn it!" I was yes. like, um, "But I just, I just, I still think a majority of my points still stand. I don't think, I don't think." I don't think they're competitive. They're three and zero right now. Again, early in the season, I don't know how they can keep pace. I think I think what you said last last episode is right though. Like you said, like Tortorella is going to have a good stretch of fifteen games, and then it's going to die down. And I think that's probably what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be just good enough that it gets them out of the race for Bedard. And then you're like, what happened? <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, that's right. I mean, 
I think I texted you. I think I texted you this last night. But like, if you're a Flyers fan, why do you why do you want to be competitive? I, you're like you're kind of in that area where you're a couple pieces. Like they're kind of in a weird gray area for me. I don't think they're bad, but I don't think they're playoff contenders. Mm-hmm. It's I the think worst thing to like be a this, mediocre hockey team because you're always they're, just going to be a mediocre hockey team. Yeah, they're they're mediocre, but. Like they're a draft pick away, like a Connor Bedard away, or a second round pick, or a third round pick away from being potentially uh, being potentially back to being relevant in the Metro. Mm-hmm. Especially if Carter Hart can play like he's been playing these first three games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I again another 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 reason why I'm not sold on the Flyers is because Carter Hart is inconsistent as all get out. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I mean, the Flyers are the Flyers. <laughs> I I hate the Flyers. I don't want them to be good. I don't want them to be competitive. But would you rather them be competitive if it means they don't get a good spot in the lottery and they still don't make the playoffs? Uh, yeah. I think I'd rather have the. I I wouldn't. I don't want them to tank and get a good spot. So. If they're not planning on doing that, and Tortorella is their head coach, it doesn't look like they're intending on doing that. So, I yeah, guess because if, you know, if they if they screw just screw yourself in the long term, sure. Yeah, if they told Tortorella to take, you'd probably quit. Yeah, so. <laughs> which is which is why like which is why I think he was like a dumb hire because you're getting a guy who's in like instinctively competitive. So. You're not going to be like, oh, hey, scratch this guy or healthy scratch this guy so we can, you know, put on a guys that, that we're taking. So I, I don't know. But I think I think my biggest surprise is if you're a Red Wings fan, I think you kind of you're kind of starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think the team, the team, I don't think I don't think is good. I don't think they're there yet. But I think they fall in the fun but bad category. I watched a, I watched yes. a little bit of their highlights. They they only lost to the Kings, and they only lost to the Kings. Or yeah, they only lost to the Kings. I think. And yeah, and then they got uh, a point in that game because of right because of Dylan Larkin's right. empty net save. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I w- I had to I had to try to figure out if it was the Kings because I do remember Larkin made that save on the empty net and then they went back and then they scored. Mm-hmm. I didn't know if they ended up winning or losing that game. Um, I have, I have a the, friend who's a Red Wings fan. He's the one who, yeah. um, if you saw my tweet, will the Bruins ever lose again? He's the one who replied, yes. Yeah. And he turned out so, to be right the next night. Yeah. So I think they fall in the fun, but bad category. Uh, I think they also fall in, they 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 fall in the bad category because I I think they're going to be bad. But the Eastern Conference is a gauntlet. I don't think I don't think they make it out of their conference, and I don't think they sneak into a wild card. But they're sort of at that that right stage as a fan. I mean, you definitely don't like seeing Bertuzzi go down. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Penguins former Pittsburgh Penguins legend David Perron falling out three goals, three goals through three games. That's pretty yeah. good. I saw, I saw David Perron, and I'm like. Hasn't he been in St. Louis forever? Yeah, yeah. The Penguins traded him. Oh, God. Did we trade him to St. Louis? I don't think that's who we initially traded him to. Hockey reference to the yeah. rescue. I think the Penguins might have traded him to the to the 
like the Oilers or the Ducks. So we started in St. Louis and then went to Edmonton and then went to Pittsburgh and then went to the Ducks. Okay, we did trade into the Ducks. Yeah. And then went back to St. Louis for the 2016-17 year. Then he yeah. was in Vegas for a year before he went to do before he went that? back to St. Louis the third time for four years, and now he's in Detroit with with four points, three goals, and three games. Yeah, which is which is pretty good, you know. He's still putting around. He's got to be old. Yeah, he's, he's got to be like thirty ish. Yeah, he's old. He's old. He's an old guy. But but yeah, I think uh, I think that's definitely the biggest surprise for me. I I thought they might be bad. I didn't have them in my fun but bad category, but. They're definitely on the up and up. I think, I think another. Um, I don't think these really fall under surprise. But Rangers, Hurricanes, and Knights. I think all look pretty good. Uh, mm. The Stars are also three and zero. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Stars. My one surprise at the other end is Tampa has not been looking good. Oh, oh yeah, Tampa looks bad. Tampa looks really bad. And uh, again, we were saying that it's that it's that it's uh, early, so this this is going to be surprises in an overreaction segment, obviously. Um, yes. But, yeah, no, they, they don't look good at all. They um, they lost the Lightning, and I thought they looked bad in that game. But I thought Vasilevsky stood on his head. Um, then they play the, the Penguins, and they have Brian Elliott in net. And if I knew that Brian Elliott was going to be in net, I would have bet on the Penguins to win that game <laughs> in the last podcast. And Brian Elliott – I didn't think he was still in the league. That dude's like that dude's like I'm gonna Google it right now. He's gotta be like 38. Brian Elliott is 37 years old. Missed it by one. Backup goalie. Yeah, yeah. It's it's insane because they're like, oh, Brian Elliott, he's a I think the Penguins broadcaster was like, oh, Brian Elliott, he's like a good backup and he goes and gets shelled. <laughs> like he gives up six goals to the Penguins. I was like, what are you doing? And then and then they lost – did they – They lost to Philadelphia game? last night. Yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, they lost to Philly. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's up. I mean, you don't – like, your entire team is basically still the same besides McDonough and Palat. You're, I mean, what, what gives? What's the issue? Yeah. But, yeah, the Stars are 3-0. Yeah. Um, haven't they played Nashville think, twice? Yeah, I, I was gonna say they're three and zero, but I think that's a schedule gift because of those European games. And then they haven't played exactly anyone. They haven't played anyone who I exactly think are playoff contenders. You know, Winnipeg played, and Nashville. Yeah they, yeah, they played the Stars twice, and then they played Winnipeg. Yeah, um, Winnipeg and Nashville. Um, they might sneak in there, like, but those aren't those aren't good teams that they yeah. played. So I don't know, but. You you gotta like it. You gotta kind of like it. A three and start. That ain't bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they'll get. They play Toronto tomorrow night. That's a winnable game. And then they and then they play Montreal and then they play Ottawa. Those those are all th- winnable. Mm-hmm. And then Boston. All four are on the road, but like they're they're not like impossible games. I can see them winning all four of those. Besides Boston, I don't. I, I I don't know. That's. I mean, you take you take three out of four. That ain't bad. You take two out of four on a four game road trip. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
All right. So the pick segment, um, we only went different directions on one game last week, and Tortorella mm-hmm. got me the win. And mm-hmm. other than that one game, we both went one, two, and one. So right now you're on three points and I'm on five points. We're off to a great start. Meh. So the first game we got is Friday night, the ESPN Plus exclusive that everyone loves. Um, Second hate ESPN Plus. Yeah, we got a Tampa and Florida, the, the Sunshine State Showdown or whatever they call it. Yeah, so Tampa doesn't look good. We already discussed that. Uh, currently sit at 1-3-0. Uh, Florida looks good. It's too early to tell anything definitively yet, in my opinion, but because it is early in the season. Yeah, the only good team they faced so far is the Bruins, and they lost. But mm. I have I have more confidence in them winning the game, considering how brutal the Lightning have looked. Um, you know, they lost to the Rangers, they lost to the Pens, and Vasilevsky can only do too much if you're if you're giving up forty shots a night. And then if Elliott starts, I even I have even less confidence in the Lightning winning. So like, give me Florida in that game. Yeah, I. I like Paul Maurice as a coach. I really do. He was he was actually a guy I wanted the Bruins to get. They ended up going with Jim Montgomery, and that's actually worked out pretty well so far. But originally this offseason, I wanted them to get Paul Maurice. But I still think I trust John Cooper more. I think he's going to be on their ass now that they've kind of started slow. So I actually kind of like Tampa to rebound and get the win because I don't – I really don't think Ford is that good this year. I think I actually mm-hmm. think the loss of Mackenzie Wegar has hurted them a lot more than most people thought. Their mm-hmm. blue line did not look good in that game against Boston. And I think if you put them against Stamkos and Kucherov, yeah. that that's going to be the case once again. So for that those reasons I'm taking Tampa. Honestly like I think it's just like the the lightning haven't showed out against like the lightning really haven't showed out against any team that is good they didn't show out they didn't show out against against the rangers they got they got i mean it wasn't a it wasn't a bad game like a blowout uh, they didn't show up against the penguins obviously 6 to 2 was not good i just they just haven't been able to do what uh, the lightning have been able to do so effectively which is score and mm-hmm. If you're not going to be able to, if you're not going to be able to score, you have to at least play good defense. And giving up 40 shots a night is not playing good defense. So, yeah, I, I honestly, I honestly don't know. It's early in the season, but they might be bad. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next game we got, you, you can tell it's a Boston game because it's a Saturday afternoon game. I hate oh, Saturday gross. afternoon games, but Boston <laughs> plays so many Saturday afternoon games. I actually went to a Saturday afternoon game last year. It was New Year's Day against Buffalo. The crowd was mm-hmm. so dead. It yeah, no, afternoon games Afternoon games suck. I've been to a couple of Washington afternoon games because, you know, Northern yeah. Virginia. Um, but, you know, Virginia Tech has a bye week this week. Virginia Tech still might – Virginia Tech football still might find a way to lose in the bye week. We never know. Yeah. We never know. But the Virginia uh, Tech Virginia game is going to be the first to twenty. Virginia, oh dude, Virginia Tech Virginia, it's going to be insane. It's going to be such a fun game. It's it's going to be, it's going to be the first time that I'm going to be able to watch the game in person because uh, Virginia Tech uh, UVA my freshman year was COVID year, mm-hmm. and 
they were home. So my sophomore year, which I could have seen them play in person, was away. And then yeah. this year, it's it's back in Blacksburg. So, you know, it's going to be exciting, but it's definitely going to be like – it's going to be a decent, like, 20 to, like – it's going to be like – I didn't know you could score like that in football. I didn't know you'd get a 20 to five. I didn't know you. Could, <laughs> I didn't know. It's you the, could get a, I didn't know you could get a 17 to 12. It's going to be something completely and utterly ugly. Yeah. It's but, like that. It's like that. Iowa South Dakota state game where Iowa got seven points by a field goal and two safeties. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's awful, but you know, Virginia tech has a bye week So, you know, we might, we might get into watching some Saturday hockey. Uh, Minnesota played, looks Tennessee up. plays UT Martin this week. At noon, I have a ticket. I might skip it to watch Minnesota Boston because they're because Minnesota might score more points than UT Martin. Yeah, and you don't even need to go to like any more games anymore. You you you've already seen the pinnacle. You don't need to. You've already (laughs) seen Alabama, Tennessee. You've already seen the pinnacle. You don't need to see any more games this season. Yeah, when when you go and you throw the goalposts in the river, then yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, so Minnesota back a little more on topic. Minnesota looks abysmal right now. Uh, Florida. And Gustafson look like absolute sieves. Flurry has currently over eight goals against on average right now. He's played three games. He's got eight goals against. All three of their losses have been blowouts besides one in L.A. where they gave up seven goals. They lost seven to six. You can't give up seven goals. Uh, but As the brutal. Bruins would now. They've given, up, they've, given up, they've given up 20 goals in three games. They played three games. They've given up 20 goals. Um yeah, so with all that being said, Boston looks decent. Uh, sure, they might have lost to the Sens, but I feel like that's like – I feel like that's more motivation to, like, win going forward. So I feel like they should lock this one up without any sort of difficulty whatsoever, yeah. especially after losing to the Senators, like I just said. And I've watched the the Avalanche – the Avalanche-Minnesota um, game, and it's it's – 100% a goalie issue. It's not a defense issue. Like, mm-hmm. watch some of those goals. There's no way – there's no way any of those goals – at least three of them shouldn't have went in. Some of them were just wacky, like, backhand shots with, like, four defenders surrounding them, like, saves you have to kind of make. Yeah, I'm going Boston, too, because I just think that Minnesota is not a good hockey team. Because Minnesota is not good. That it That's as – far as it comes down to so the next game we got is two teams in the bad but fun category anaheim and detroit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um like i said earlier detroit looks fun to watch currently second in the atlantic second in the aid but he's faced 104 shots he's allowed 14 goals but he's faced 104 shots throughout the games that he's played that is that is insane they played three games and he's faced 104 shots yeah, it's uh, like that. Um, Clemson, that's about 30, 40 yeah. shots a night. It's like the Clemson, um, Tennessee game I called club hockey game I called Friday night. Tennessee had 56 shots on goal. That's crazy. And they scored nine goals, but like you can't fault the goaltender for that, right? Right, yeah. So I choose Detroit in this one, and it's not particularly close. Yeah, maybe if it was in Anaheim, then maybe Anaheim has a shot, but. I again, I think Detroit has the edge. Um, the next, the next thing we got is your team on Monday night in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. This, this I think will be a really interesting game. I, I think that 
that the Edmonton offense, I mean, really hasn't fully woken up yet. It, I mean, it's still early. I think that this game against Pittsburgh could be sort of a breakout game for them. I like, I know they lost to the Senators, not the Senators, to Buffalo last night. And I know they lost to Calgary, but right. I still just think I still just think they're a good team. I think Edmonton's a tough place to go and play, even in October in the regular season. So for that reason, I'm going to take Edmonton. So um, Pittsburgh has surprised me. They look, you know, relatively good uh, this early into the season. Uh, we should be three and zero. God, we should be three now. And I guess it's just like what I have to worry about about our game is our defense just disappearing for no reason after we get a lead. Because I think we just get complacent. Like against the against the against the Canadians, we had a two goal lead and then just just stopped. Like we just didn't really. We just kind of parked the bus, and you can't really park the bus when when the defense is not that great. Um, I think if our defense can just, you know, hold up, that's the main issue because DeSmith definitely doesn't deserve that loss on his record that he got for the Canadians game because he's really the only person keeping us in that game against Montreal. And Edmonton, on the other hand, has been completely uninspired. I mean, their game plan is essentially the same as it's always been, have McDavid and Dreisaitl carry them to relevance, which has, you know, worked basically. Uh, they both have uh, they both have six points. McDavid has four goals. Um like it's it's work. They're carrying you, but they can only do so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not winning games, and then you know Campbell is giving them you know Jack Campbell goaltending, uh, good not great. I think if the Pens played, if the Pens that played against the Lightning and the Coyotes show up, then the Pens will win. So I'll take the Pens. All right, because I didn't take them in the in the last episode, and I, I should have taken them. Mm-hmm. All right, and then the last game Tuesday night. Mark Messier in the studio for the Rangers game against (laughs) against Colorado. So you just got to hope Colorado scores a ton of goals and shuts them up, basically. Yeah. Uh, So I'm just going to go with Colorado because they've been getting unreal goaltending with Gorgiev at the moment, and all around they look pretty solid. They have an outlier loss to the Flames, but the Flames are 3-0. So no harm, no foul. Uh, The Flames look really good. so I'm going to bet with the defending Stanley Cup champs. I think Colorado takes this one against the Rangers. I know Georgiev's been playing well, and I know that Francois has given them something too. But I just think in any matchup you play against the Rangers, no matter who you put up, you're going to have the set, the the Rangers are going to have the better goalie in that game. I think that. The Rangers have just as good an ability, if not a better ability, to score with Panarin, Zabanajad, Kreider on their team. The only area where I think Colorado is better is the blue line. Mm-hmm. But I think when you have Shesterk in a net, you're able to overcome that deficiency. So for right. those reasons, I think I'm going to go with the Rangers in this one. This week we got three games different. All right, let's go. Let's get let's get the uh, let's get let's get myself caught up. Yeah, in the standings, we're only two points behind, but you know, still brutal. Yeah, I mean, I'm not exactly doing stellar. I'm 500 with a loser point. So yeah, so I guess that will wrap up the uh, second episode, Jackie. Anything you want to say? 
Um, we got two Ice Falls games this, this week, Thursday night at 10 and Friday night at 11. So if I'm still not caught up, caught up on, sweet, but on sleep by Wednesday, then that's why. All right. Uh, by the time I get back next time. I don't think I really have anything to say. So I guess I'll just say <laughs> goodbye. And uh, thanks, everyone, to tuning in to the second episode. And this is going to be like our release schedule going forward. So we'll record on Wednesdays and then they'll be up by Thursdays. <laughs>